We are studying a very interesting subject in the book of Corinthians at this time, and uh, one that I'm sure all of us are interested in is the gifts of the Spirit. And we got started, just barely started last week on it. And uh, we talked about the things that build up to that. Today we're going to get further into the actual gifts themselves. And uh, I want to just remind you that what we looked at last week, we talked about uh, how that the Lord says that now concerning spiritual gifts, which was the first verse in chapter 12. And this 12th chapter is all about the spiritual gifts and about how that he was writing to the Corinthian church to set things in order because of their misunderstanding, misuse, and not fully understanding how the gifts operated and worked in the church. So Paul tried to, not tried, he did in writing, uh, set them all in order, set them in place, and give them understanding of how they are to, were to operate. Uh, he starts out by saying in chapter 12 there, he said, you served idols before you ever came to Christ. And he said, when you serve idols, they never spoke to you because they could not speak. But now you serve a God who can speak to us. And so then he says that this hell has to be done decently and in order. And he mentions that phrase, decently and in order, uh, over in, I think it's chapter 14, even speaking about these gifts. So uh, what was happening to the Corinthian church, when they would receive the baptism of the Holy Ghost and speak in tongues, they were fascinated by the speaking in other, uh, other languages. Speaking in tongues, the word tongues comes from the Greek word glossolalia. Speaking in tongues is glossolalia. And uh, the, the entire phrase is glossolalia. Glossia is, is tongues itself. It means language. The word tongues is just an old uh, word in English as we use it today, meaning different languages. So what would happen that when in the early church, starting on the day of Pentecost, when the Holy Ghost was first poured out, they all began to speak with other tongues and they spoke in different languages. And we could go back, I think there were 16 different languages that the 120 people that were in the upper room uh, when they were praying, they spoke in 16 different languages. And people who had gathered around to hear the commotion heard them speaking in languages they understood. And so it was amazing how that it was more as abroad in this fashion. Now, as this went along, when people would receive the baptism of the Holy Ghost and speak in other tongues, it became, of course, a witness to other people. And when the Corinthians would receive the baptism of the Holy Ghost, it became almost a play toy with them. They just loved talking in tongues and they got carried away with it. And they would just talk away in tongues. Sometimes they would speak in church and they talk in tongues to people like this. And Paul would say, no, 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 that's not the way this is used and we're going to talk about the spiritual gifts. So this is what brought about the, use, the, the word on the spiritual gifts. And you know, the Lord allows things to happen so that the word can be developed to give us the word in our generation. You understand what I'm saying? So we can see this in the book of Revel in the book of, uh, of Corinthians here on what is the proper use, the proper way that gifts are used. Now, I'm going to go a little bit further. Last week, of course, we talked about uh, the uh, different gifts. The Bible says that the gifts are given for all. Look at verse 7. But the manifestation of the Spirit is given to every man to profit with all. That is, it profits everybody. And he goes on to say that one is given a gift, to another is given a gift, to another is given a gift. This is not the gift of the Holy Ghost that we're talking about. 
This is the gift of tongues itself that he mentions here as the last of the gifts, the second next to the last of the gifts that are mentioned here. And he mentions about the gift of tongues. But there is the gift of the Holy Ghost. Tongues is used in three different ways. It's mentioned as the as the evidence of the Holy Ghost. The evidence of the Holy Ghost speaking to the tongues. That's what happened in every place in the Bible where they received the Holy Ghost that is recorded. They said they spoke with other tongues. Uh, this is in the book of Acts. Uh, the second thing is that tongues is used as devotional tongues. Uh, it talks about praying in tongues. Paul said, I think God, I pray in t- I, I speak in tongues more than y'all. Paul, Paul, Paul was a tongue talker. When you read of his personal experience where he received the Holy Ghost, it doesn't say he spoke in tongues. But later on he said, I thank God I speak in tongues more than you all, knowing then that he did receive the baptism of the Holy Ghost, spoke in tongues. And when he prayed, he worshipped and prayed and spoke in tongues. The Bible says in other places that they prayed in the Spirit. Praying in the Spirit is speaking in tongues. Some of you, some of you that's been around for quite a while, have seen people sing in tongues. Anyone here ever seen that? I see, I see several hands here. Okay, two, three, oh, four over here. I have seen the same thing. I've seen people so drunk in the spirit that they took them home. They had to carry them out, take them home. Yeah, I was, you know, I went to Bible school in St. Paul, Minnesota. There were young people sometimes got the baptism of the Holy Ghost. And other young people, I'd take them home. As you got school the next day. So it's time to get up. So they closed the church down. They were still just slain of the Spirit, talking in tongues. The happiest they, that anyone could ever be in all their life. And they would actually carry them out just talking in tongues. Some of them singing in tongues, all those kind of things. But this is, this is the glory of receiving the baptism of the Holy Ghost. Along with that comes the experience of devotional tongues in which as we worship God sometimes we will speak in tongues and tongues as I said before is a language it's a language uh, we don't know what language it is nobody knows what language it is it's interesting to know that speaking in tongues is a language uh, of some type and uh, the Bible speaks of it in one place as a heavenly language other places we know that it's an earthly language uh, I can give you numerous experience, uh, experiences that I've had where people who have spoken in tongues, uh, it was identified what language they were speaking in. And uh, the person who gives a message in tongues gives it in a certain language, and the person who is given the interpretation doesn't know the language either. God just simply gives them the interpretation. And that's a message in tongues. And those are two separate gifts that's peculiar to those individuals within the church. And we'll talk to you more about that in a few moments. But uh, the speaking in tongues here is used for the evidence of the Holy Ghost as a devotion. Uh, when the Spirit of God moves, there's people in the church here that speak in tongues. Uh, I speak in tongues sometimes on the platform. If I can use names here, I hear Pastor, Brother Scott speaking in tongues on the platform. I hear our pastor speaking in tongues. I hear Brother uh, Richie speaking in tongues. And we all speak a little differently, but it's definitely, definitely a language, a heavenly language, and it's very obvious. And it's when the Spirit just moves on you and you worship. And that's called worshiping in the Spirit worshiping in the spirit or praying in the spirit uh, I have literally in fact when we used to come here on uh, every was it every night we had a prayer meeting every night and few of us chose the middle of the night to pray because we didn't have to get up the next morning and go to work 
being at my age and retired so somewhat, uh, I chose two o'clock in the morning so that men who had to work would come in the daytime didn't have to interfere with their working. I mean, come in the evening. And so I had at two o'clock in the morning. I'd come down here at the church and we'd pray over there in that the, the fellowship area there, the cafeteria there. And that was our prayer time. And I'd be, you know, you'd just be by yourself there in the middle of the night praying. What a wonderful time it was, just at 2 o'clock in the morning, just to be there praying. And one night, it only happened one time to me, but one night I went in there and I lifted my hands and started praying and I started talking in tongues. And for one hour, all I did was just worship, talk to God in tongues. Now, uh, you say, Brother Myers, are you bragging? No, no, I'm just saying I've had experiences like that, that's all. And I had that one experience in which for a whole hour, all I did was just worship God in tongues. Uh, the next time I came back, and prayed, it, was, it was back and forth, sometimes in tongues, sometimes in English. But I'm saying that it's worshiping in the Spirit. Do you understand what we're saying here? Then there is the gift of tongues. The gift of tongues. This is why in uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 1, now concerning spiritual gifts, brethren. So this is talking about spiritual gifts. This is not talking about the baptism of the Holy Ghost or devotional tongues. But it's when God uses someone who has the gift of tongues to give a message in tongues. And then there is the gift of interpretation. We'll be looking at this in a few moments. They have the gift of interpretation for that service. So usually when there's a message from the pastor or the preacher or the evangelist from the pulpit here. I'm in the pulpit, I guess, right here. When they're in the pulpit here and they preach the word of God and you come down toward the end of that service, the Lord wants to confirm what has been preached. And he confirms it by saying, not only are you hearing the word of God from the minister, but I'm going to back it by giving you a message in tongues and interpretation. And the tongues, praise the Lord, is given in tongues what is to be said by, from the Lord. But the Bible says tongues is for the unbeliever, but the interpretation is for the believer. Now, if you have a crowd of people that some believe, and some are believers, and some are new, or some are strangers, and some people are saints, and you have a congregation, I'm almost any congregation can have that kind of a mix in the congregation. When a message in tongues is given, the people who do not know the Lord are fascinated by it. It, 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 it moves them. They, they hear that. But the saints of God who have been serving God for, you know, for years, they're waiting the tongues is important, but they're waiting for the interpretation because they want to know what does the Lord want to say to us. So then when the interpretation comes, that's what they listen, that's what they really tune into. Uh, the people who are strangers there, when the interpretation comes forth, they may not even be listening to the words. They don't have an idea, but, they, but they're still fascinated by the tongues part. I've had them testify and talk about those things. And people, even when they actually got saved, said, when I first came to church, man, I heard their mercy. And I thought, what's this all about, you know? And they don't remember anything about what was the interpretation of the message. But they do remember that it was given to them in tongues. And that's where the Bible is true when it says tongues is for the unbeliever. But the, uh, but the, the message itself is, is, is for the believer. Now, I want to get into the scriptures here because there's more than uh, just these two spiritual gifts. I'm just saying here, this is why Paul dealt with it with the Corinthian church. Because they did not properly understand how that these gifts were to be used. And they were, 
actually just using tongues is almost like a, they just talk to each other in tongues and just sort of you know there's a fun thing with them and he said no 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 you've got to understand how that these things all operate and how they work and also the other gifts as well I'm going to talk to you about spiritual gifts so uh, if you look in verse 8 here I'm going to read this once again and we talked to you last week about this and this is from 8 through 10. These three verses covers the what's called the nine spiritual gifts. And if you look at verse 8, 41 is given by the Spirit the word of wisdom. To another, the word of knowledge by the same Spirit. We talked to you about this. How that the word of wisdom is having understanding of what the word of God is saying. And being able to impart that to the people. Uh, that is a gift that ministers receive when they are called to preach the gospel of Christ. They usually always have that gift of knowing. You've got to know what you're going to preach. You've got to be able to take the, the word of God and the bread of life and to break the bread of life in order to feed the congregation or to preach the word or to teach or whatever we have to do. That's the word of wisdom. The word of knowledge, praise the Lord, is God's gift to give the person uh, this gift of knowing what to say. One is the wisdom behind the word. The other is knowing what is to be said, what is to be preached, what is to be taught. Uh, a preacher, you know, he studies a lot of things, but then he'll say, I feel led of God to teach a message, this message. I feel led of God, or God impresses him with a message. And that's that gift of knowledge, and he studies, he learns it, and then he's given that wisdom with it. And then with this, the word of God comes forth to us. So what Paul is saying is that the preaching of the word of God, which is the word of wisdom and the word of knowledge, is very important to us. That's not to be ruled out by saying, being dominated by just speaking in tongues. You understand what we're saying? Uh, you may hear a message in tongues, interpretation in the church, after a message goes forth. That's a confirmation of what's already been preached. So what's already been preached is very important. And the Lord is saying, you've heard the word. I've given this minister wisdom and knowledge of what is to be said to this congregation. Now here is another little backup to say, listen to what he has to say. And don't forget it because I'm behind this 100%. Do you understand what we're saying? God uses this for all of us because he wants us all to be saved, folks. This is why God does all these things. He wants us all to be saved. He's not no one he wants to be lost. Amen. And uh, this thing about some people are destined to be saved, some destined to be lost. No, no, that's not true. The Bible says it's his will that every man be saved. Every man be saved. It's God's perfect will that everybody be saved. And so God wants us all to be saved. However, he gives us the choice. We're not made without a choice. He gives us the choice and the will to make the decision, do I want to believe or do I not want to believe? The Lord, the Lord gave us grace, but he gave to us faith to believe his word. Grace, we're saved by grace, and that through faith. Praise God. Now let me move on here in the word of the Lord. I want to go to verse 9 here if you look at verse 9 with us. And I want to talk to you a little bit here on this next gift, verse 9. He says here to another, faith. Let me read verse 8 and then I'll tie it in with verse 9. For to one is given by the Spirit the word of wisdom and to another the word of knowledge by the same Spirit. Notice here, it's not a different Spirit, it's all the Spirit of God. And then he says in verse 9, to another, 
faith by the same spirit faith and let me go let me just talk to you about faith here a moment faith is the ability to believe God it's the ability to believe God uh, it can be it can be all manner of things it can be healings and I'll talk to you about healing in a minute it can be uh, believing God for what God is able to do in just everyday things it can, but some people have a very strong gift of faith they believe that God will see us through now I'm going to just mention this to you he's away this Sunday but your pastor has a strong gift of faith he's my son but I've seen that develop as he grew up and became a minister that's tremendous faith sometimes it's amazed me because here I've been pastor you know I was pastor 30 years here in this church and then I see him come along and here all of a sudden uh, I see this faith that he's willing to exercise and is this recklessness of the youth you know <laughs> or is this the faith and I came to realize it was real faith that he had when we built this church, for instance, we built this church. Right off the bat here, when he became pastor, he said, Dad, let's build the church. I said, let's do it. So he said, we built, we built the church. We had, we had mortgage payments on the old building that was like uh, maybe three, four, five hundred dollars. I don't remember. Brother Richard Jenkins is he here. He, would, he could keep us straight on it. He was our secretary back then. But anyhow, it was, I don't know, three or four or five hundred dollars monthly payments, which we had no problem meeting. We built this church and we had sixteen thousand dollars a month payments. Sixteen thousand dollars a month payments. And I said to my God, how in the world are we going to? He said, Dad, we're not going to make this for 30 years. We're going to make it for 15 years. How in the world are we going to? How in the world are we going to? We can't. Man, I thought, okay. And then I said, me, I'm the kind of guy that I think of the worst case scenario, then I think of how to, how, to, how, to, how to handle it. So I said, okay. And I told him one day, I said, look, if for some reason we can't meet these monthly payments when they come in, we can't meet these monthly payments, I said, you and I will forfeit our income. We'll forfeit our salaries. Are you willing to do that? Yeah, he said, yeah, I'm willing to do that. I said, okay, that's what we'll do. I thought we're going to be forfeiting some salaries, but it's okay because we're going to meet these monthly payments. Yeah, did you know we never did? The money came. We had a lady walk through the door. We were down to the wire. Uh, this is when we first built the church and think We had a lady walk through the church and say, God sent me here to pay some tithes. And I don't know why, but I inherited a bunch of money. She sent me here to pay some tithes. So I want to give $5,000 tithes to the church. And so there you go. That was our 16000 right there. It was met. A month later, she walked back in the door. Same lady. It was a young, young lady, young woman. She must have been probably not more than 30 years old. She walked through the door and said, God sent me back again to pay some more tithes. I didn't pay, you know, I only paid a portion of it. We paid another $5,000. And then the next month or two or three, I don't know what, two or three passed by and we were able to meet. She comes in again. We're right down the wire. This lady would show up. I don't know who she was. We asked her, you know, you come to church? Yeah, I'm going to come to church one day. But I don't think she ever came to church. She just showed up and dropped $5,000 in the offering. I mean, not in the offering, but brought it to the secretary. And it always took care of it. And in the meantime, the church kept growing. People getting saved. People started paying their tithe. The income started building up and everything. And we never went without our salary. It's a funny thing, but God just, it never happened. 
and, and it just went. I said, well, this is wonderful. I mean, but I, he had the faith to believe that God was able to do that. We were in Alaska together preaching a conference together, he and I together. And we went to a missionary conference there. And in the missionary conference, he got moved and stirred about missions. And he said, Dad, let's go home and double our missions giving. I said, double it? He said, yeah. I said, okay, all right, we'll do it. Yeah, you're pastor. Yeah, you're pastor now, okay. You know, okay, we'll, we'll double it. That's fine. You know, we were giving out of it. You know, I thought it was a pretty good amount and everything. And we came home and doubled. I think we were giving like that time about a $500 a month. Now we're going to give 1000 a month. You know, just having made it squeak through the building program, you know, pretty good. And he's going to, he's going to double the missions. And he started doubling missions, giving more here and there and everything. Every time missionary come, he'd take them on, he'd take them on. He kept on building, kept on growing. I mean, he kept, and you know what? The church kept growing. And people kept on giving. And people started giving to missions. And, 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 and I said to myself, he's got some faith here that's really extraordinary. I'm just telling you how it really is. And I went back to the word of God. I went back to Luke 6, 38. Where it says, give and it shall be given unto you, heaped up, pressed down, full, shaken together, running over. Shall men give into your bosom. This church started helping the poor. You know, giving food out here in the park down here for cooking, picking, and everything. They started helping the poor. Then they started giving away some food. We'd say, if you've got some groceries and some extra food, just bring it, you know, just bring it along and we'll give it out. We'll give it out. You started just giving. Next thing you know, there was a grocery store saying, we got extra food left over. We don't know what we can't get rid of. We'll give it to you because you're giving it away to the poor. Next thing you know, we had churches in our area that were calling us up and said, since you're doing things for the poor, and we, wanna, we have a ministry in that direction, but we don't know who to give it to, or we don't have a system for doing it. Could we give it to you and you would give it away? Yes. And then we had hands for healing, not hands for healing, but we had uh, uh, Second Harvest, I think it was. They said, hey, we got a lot of food we'll give it to you. Hey, we'll charge you a few, you know, 10 cents a pound or something for it. I mean, they started bringing truckloads of food. In. And now we're giving away, what is it, 27, we feeding 2,700 people a week? Is that what it is? Something like that. We're feeding all these people every week, sometimes twice a week, you know. And nobody's hurting. Because when this church gave, God began to bless the church. And, the, and God will do that. He'll do it for any individual, folks. If you've got faith to believe God for his word. And I went back to that verse of scripture. And I looked at it there in Luke 6. And it said in other places in Matthew as well. But that's the one I like particularly. In Luke 6, 38. And it says, give and it shall be given unto you. Heaped up, pressed down, full, shaken together and running over. Shall men give into your bosom. And I'm telling you that so that you understand that's the word of God just as much as Acts 2.38 is. Acts 2.38 is what we base our salvation on. And it's, and it's real. 
But giving is, is the same thing. I'm not trying to teach you on giving here today. I'm just talking about this gift of faith. And some people have that gift. They can, I'll do it and God is able to, and he will never, never, ever let you go without because you believe in the, and you trust in the word of the Lord. I'm serious. Now, think about it. Do we have faith to believe God for those things? That's, it comes down to an individual here. Faith to pay your tithes. Some folks have a hard time with that. I don't have a hard time. Just do it. Just do it. It's in the word of God. The Lord said, I'll open the windows of heaven and pour out your blessing you'll not be able to contain. You know, he, he's promised it all through the Bible. And so I'm just trying to say here, if we can learn to trust the word and have that faith. And so yeah, your, your pastor, honestly, has, has had a lot of faith. This is why this church last year was the seventh largest church in America, in America, not in the Florida. Seventh largest in America to give to missions. We have this global mission. I think we're right there. We're having all uh, missions day to day, I think it's, it is. And uh, it's because that we have built orphanages and we have built Bible schools and we have built uh, churches all over, all over the world. And the church still continues to do that. This is why your pastor's away today. He's down in Brazil. Those people down there, they were so, they got all kind of text messages from America saying, we're so glad, Pastor Mike, that you're in Brazil. Those people really do need you right now. And he's been down there and flown up down that Amazon with Brother Benny Demerchant before he passed away. Flew up down that river and, and took the message to all those villages and things. And, uh, and that Bible school they have there where they, they turn out these young preachers and send them out into the bush country to preach the gospel I'm just trying to tell you here that this is a big world that we're living in and God gives us the vision and we have to have faith that God you'll never let us down and you'll never forsake us for it amen this is a wonderful church and that you have a wonderful spirit like that I want let's let's lift our hands right now and I want you to just praise the Lord and worship God and thank him for his greatness and his goodness upon us Lord, what a wonderful, wonderful God you are to us. You promise never to leave us nor forsake us. Your hand is upon us. We ask you to continue to bless this congregation. Continue to bless all these good saints of God and these people that have faith in you, Lord. For you promise never to leave nor forsake us, God. You promise us with your word and we believe your word. We trust in it in all things. We glorify your wonderful name. Thank you for your many blessings upon us. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. And I could spend some time talking about blessings on individuals in this church. That's just, just phenomenal. But God bless you. We'll move on here. But the gift of faith. Let me uh, show you something. Sometimes, folks, let's talk about faith sometimes for healing. Sometimes it's hard to believe God for yourself when you're sick. But others can believe God for you. And by believing God for you, their faith is what God sees. Now let me give you a couple of verses of scripture here. I want you to look with me in the book of St. Mark. And I'm reading here in chapter 2 and verse 4. 4 and 5. And then I'm going to jump down to 10, 11, and 12. Uh, this is where the, there was a man who was sick with a palsy. <coughs> Jesus was in a house. Excuse me. <coughs> Jesus was in a house. And he was sick and he was on a bed, a bed meaning like a cot. 
and they had brought him there but there's no way in the world they could get him in the house because all kinds of people were at the door they were inside they were packing the place out they wanted healing from the Lord they wanted to hear the Lord's teachings as well there were four men that said we got to get this man to Christ and so they went up on top of the house and they moved the shingles away they moved all the they were just those tile shingles they moved them out of the way and let the man down inside right down at the foot of Jesus they, they let him down now here's what happened I'm reading verse 4 look at 2 4 here in Mark and when they could not come nigh unto him for the press that is the people pushing they uncovered the roof where he was <clears throat> when they had broken it up they let down the bed wherein the sick of the palsy lay when Jesus saw their faith, now if you've got a pen, underline the word there. They didn't see his faith, he's the sick one. But in the sickness that he was in, sometimes it's hard to believe God for yourself. Do you understand what I'm saying? But these men believe God for him, in behalf of him. This is why when someone is sick and afflicted, there's a friend of yours, somebody in the church, somebody, brother or sister, you take them on as a to pray for them. You take them on. You say, I'm going to be praying with you and for you. We're going to pray together. You know, do that. Two or three of you, maybe for a sister or for a brother, brothers for brothers. Pray, or anyway, pray for that person and ask God if it bring healing to them. And I'm just trying to show you here that what the Lord saw in faith, he saw it in them, not in this man himself. All right, I'm going to finish on here. When Jesus saw their faith, he said unto this, the sick of the palsy son, Thy sins be forgiven thee. And then he went on to talk to the Pharisees and Sadducees because they, he was, they said, you being a man, make yourself God by forgiving sins. And he didn't say it, but that's exactly what he was doing. <laughs> Let them know who he was. I'm jumping down to verse 10 to stay with our thought here about the healing of the man. Verse 10, but, but Jesus speaking here, but says, but that ye may know that the Son of Man hath power on the earth to forgive sins. He saith to the sick of the palsy, I say unto thee, arise, take up thy bed, and go thy way unto thine house. And immediately he arose, took up the bed, and went forth uh, before them all. Now, I'm reading all of this to let you know here that Jesus did this and he healed this man, but it was on their faith. Now, I'm going to read another verse of scripture found in James. And this is where that we often anoint with oil. This is where this scripture comes from. And I'm going to show you why that we have the oil bottles. We anoint with oil. What kind of oil, Brother Myers? The assumption is olive oil. That was the main oil they had back in Israel in those Bible days. was just olive oil and everything. And it doesn't have to be scented. It doesn't have to be dealt with. Or it has to be tinkered with. Nothing. Just plain olive oil. Praise God. Just oil. It doesn't say what kind. <laughs> my son was going to be born and it was time to take my wife to the hospital and she was having you know having cramp, what do you call them cramps things uh, anyhow she said honey pray for me I, I, I got to go to the hospital now I got to go to the hospital pray for me so I, I know her with the oil she said what kind of oil you got there I said I got baby oil 
So I don't know baby oil. She said, baby oil. I said, yeah, I don't know if any olive oil is in the house, but we got some baby oil. Yeah, I don't know you're the oil. I said, the Bible doesn't say what kind of oil, so maybe the Lord will give me merciful. So I anointed with baby oil. I said, you're going to have a baby, aren't you? All right, you're going to anoint you with baby oil. But of course, we had a son, and that's your pastor. Let me move on here to this verse of scripture here. This is found in James, and uh, it's the last chapter of James, uh, James chapter uh, 5 and verse 14. Is any sick among you? Let him call for the elders of the church and let them pray over him, anointing him with oil in the name of the Lord. Verse 15, and the prayer of faith shall save the sick. Now it doesn't say again, it doesn't say that it's his faith, the one that's sick. But it's the ones who are praying for him as well. The prayer of faith, that is, is prayed in faith. That is believing that God is able to heal. How many of you have been touched by the Lord when you've been prayed for? Just raise your hand. I want to see your hand. Now, just hold, keep your hands up because I want people, and I have as well, I want people who are in here that has any doubt about it to look around. These are people who have been healed by being prayed for, the dawning of oil have been prayed for, some type or another. God bless you. Put your hand down. I'm just trying to show you here that this scripture does apply today. Uh, there are church denominations who say that this was for the early church only. It does not apply for today. No, no, there's no place where it says it ever stopped. The, the epistles were written for the church today just like they were written for the church back then. And so it applies to today. The power of faith shall save the sick and the Lord shall raise him up. Amen. So I'm just reading some scriptures here to you about the power of faith and how that faith, praise the Lord, is to be used for these wonderful and glorious things. Now, I'm going to move on very quickly here in the Word of God. We're going back here to the scriptures uh, found here in uh, 1 Corinthians uh, chapter 12. And if you look on the next one here, verse 9 I'm in. To another faith by the same spirit, to another the gifts of healing. Everybody see that? The gifts of healing. Notice the word gift here is plural. Gifts. It's the only, it's the only uh, one of the nine spiritual gifts that are mentioned here that the word gift is in plural. It's gifts of healing. And you say, well, that's maybe just a little the way the writer wrote it. No, no, no. If you look over at verse 28 in chapter, uh, chapter 12. And God has set some in the church, first apostles, secondly prophets, thirdly teachers, after that miracles, then gifts of healing. Again, gifts is plural. Healings are mentioned in, in, in the plural. Look at verse 30. Have all the gifts of healing? Have all the gifts of healing? So I'm trying to show you here, and it goes on to say here, you know, do all speak with tongues, do all interpret. This is speaking of the gift of tongues. When it says do all speak with tongues, do all have the gift of tongues. Everybody doesn't have the gift of tongues. We may have the gift of the Holy Ghost having spoken in tongues, but we don't have the gift of tongues. That's a gift that's mentioned where God uses us to give a message. But what I'm pointing out to you and showing you here is that the word gifts show that every healing is a gift. Every healing is a gift, but to one, God has given, amen, the ability or the power to another, he didn't say others, but to another, the faith of the same gift of healing, uh, another, the gifts of healing, so that somebody, God uses as a channel in which he gives the gifts of healing, so that every healing is a gift, but God uses someone to do that. 
Praise the Lord. And this is an amazing thing that God would do that. Now, gifts of healing. Healing can be instantaneous. Healing can also be slow. It can be a process. A person can be dying and suddenly they are given the gift of healing and healing begins to take place in their body. It may be a week before they recover. It may be two weeks. It may be three weeks. But they're recovering and one day they're back on their feet again because the process of healing started. Why are you saying that, Brother Myers? Because in the next verse, look at the next one. I'm going to have you go back, if you would, please, to the book of 1 Corinthians. We're in 1 Corinthians chapter uh, chapter uh, 9. I'm going to read that again. To another faith, by the same spirit. To another, the gifts of healing by the same spirit. Verse 10, excuse me. <coughs> in verse 10. To another, the working of miracles. The working of miracles. All right. Miracles maybe has a lot to do with the healing of uh, afflictions, maybe. Afflictions, maybe crippleness or blindness or ears that can't hear, whatever. Or they could be sicknesses as well, but they're miracles. The difference is that miracles are instantaneous. The gifts of healing can be a process, but the gift of miracles is instantaneous. And it happens just like that. Now, I'm going to read a scripture here to you. Most of you are familiar. If you have your Bible, look at Acts chapter 3. I'm going to give you an example here of this. And all of these have examples in the Bible. I just haven't taken the time to go through them. But look at chapter 3, verse 2. This is Acts 3 and 2. And a certain man lame from his mother's womb. Notice that this man had never walked from birth. Notice that. Never walked from birth. A man that was lame from his mother's womb was carried, whom they laid daily at the gate of the temple, which is called Beautiful, to ask alms of them that entered into the temple. Now he was there only for the purpose of saying, would you please help me out, would you give me some money? And people would give him money, and that was all he had. That's, there was no social security, there was no benefits from nowhere, there was no compensation that he received it was just whatever people would be merciful and going into the temple where people were trying to get close to God next to God is where they were most apt to give any kind of help to the poor so this man was there asking for alms. look what happened verse 3 who seeing Peter and John about to go into the temple asked an alms he asked for money sirs will you please help me financially and Peter, fastening his eyes upon him with John, both of them together, looking at him, I mean, in a way that he had never seen anybody look at him before, said, look on us. And the guy said, huh? I mean, you know, sir, would you help me? Would you help me? Huh? And all of a sudden, the guy, and these guys are looking right at him. And he says, and says, look on us. And he looks right at him. This is, I'm just trying to give you a picture here of how it must have happened. Verse 5. And he gave heed unto them, expecting to receive something of them. In other words, maybe this guy's going to give me a big offering. You know, look on us. So he says, maybe this guy's going to give me a big offering. Boy, did he ever get a big offering. Amen. And, uh... Let me get, pick up where I'm left already. Then Peter, okay, verse 5, and he gave heed unto them, expecting to receive something. Verse 6, then Peter said, silver and gold have I none, 
They're not typical of some Pentecostal preachers. <laughs> they don't have nothing. I don't have anything, but whatever I have, I'm give it. Praise the Lord. Amen. Folks, have a good spirit of giving. God, you never know what, how God's going to use you. I'm serious. Have a spirit of giving. So he says here, uh, such as I have, I give unto thee. In the name of Jesus Christ, such as I have, I have. This is what they had that this man needed, and this is what they have. This is what you and I have to give to the world. Praise the Lord. We have this wonderful, wonderful experience of the baptism of the Holy Ghost to help people to find the Lord. Let me go, let me read this, finish reading, I want to talk to you a little bit further about it. But he says here, in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, rise up and walk. Remember, it was in the name of Jesus. And that's nobody else. And he says in the name of Jesus of Nazareth, so that it doesn't be mean some other Jesus that was also called Messiah of Nazareth. In other words, that was who it was. And he took him by the right hand and lifted him up. And immediately, immediately, this is a miracle. His feet and his ankle bones received strength. Now this man had never walked before, folks. This is the amazing part about it. And he, leaping up, stood and walked and entered with them into the temple, walking and leaping and praising God. In other words, what I'm trying to say, not only was his ankles and his legs healed, but his equilibrium, his ability to balance, you know, not only to walk, but to leap. A person never walked before, even if they could stand up, they, 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 they're not used to being vertical. They, they'd fall, or they're not used to their, this imbalance thing, and they'd fall over. But this guy had that sense of balance. Everything together. And I'm just trying to say here that God is able to do it all together. Praise God. And with this man, he gave him everything he needed. Not only just to get up and walk, but to leap. I mean to jump and run. Praise God. Just as though he had done it all of his life as a child in childhood and grew up like that. And I'm just saying that it was more than just the healing and the strengthening of his bones and his muscles. But it was the ability, the mental ability to be able to function like this. And to be able to put one foot ahead of the other and to be able to run. All of that was a miracle within itself. This is a miracle. Praise the Lord. The working of miracles. And this happened, you know, more than one place in the Bible. It has happened numerous places. We, there are miracles, as you know, as, as being testified here just recently in our church. Bangladesh, the miracles that happened there. Not only Bangladesh, but places of Africa that pastors gone and, and other people who have been our evangelists who have come here and they've been over there and they've seen these things happening. It's just miracles. A lot of time where people have nothing at all. And I, I thought, I was so moved when I heard our pastor tell the story about those mothers holding those babies up. They just came up to the altar and they held their babies up, held their babies up. Thousands of pushing the altar, holding their babies up. You know what they were saying? They were saying, please help us. We can't even take care of our, our babies. We got babies we can't take care of. We need help. We need God to help us. And they were just open to whatever they could do. And God began to move and God began to bless and God began to save and God began to fill with the Holy Ghost and God began to open blinded eyes, talk about their eyes and be white, white from blindness. And all of a sudden all the whiteness would run out of their eyes and their eyes color would come back in and they could see. I mean pure blindness. Those are folks, those are miracles. 
Those are miracles. But I'm telling you, the God of miracles, it's not over with. You know, we, we want to sometimes see those things, you know. We want to see them. God's willing to give them to the hungry and who are really seeking for them. Praise the Lord. Sometimes we just want to see it happen. I know one brother one time, uh, we had about seven people receive the Holy Ghost one time at the altar. Seven people speaking in tongues. And he had to go home early and go to bed so he'd get up and go to work the next morning. And I said, isn't this wonderful? I mean, seven people getting the Holy Ghost tonight. All of them down there speaking in tongues. He said, yeah, but Brother Myers, he said, I want to see you. I want to see you miracles I want to see that I said I don't know what you want to see but I said God's giving us what we need to be seeing right now and I said it's not enough just to see it but there's some people that need it they gotta have it praise the Lord they don't have nothing else and I'm so glad we're serving Hun folks I started to call you honey I get I get fired up sometimes talking to my wife talking to my wife let me just say this to you. The time is gone now. Let me just say this. God loves his people. He loves people. You've got to understand that. And he wants to save everybody. He wants everybody to be saved. He wants you to be saved. He wants your relatives to be saved. He wants your loved ones to be saved. And he wants us to reach out to them and try to bring them unto him. Praise God. And he will save them. Praise the Lord. He'll move on with his spirit and he'll get them ready for heaven and Jesus is coming back soon but he's doing a great work in the world right now before his coming hallelujah let's all stand and worship God and praise him and thank him here today God bless your hearts Jesus we love you so much thank you Lord for your blessings your goodness your love your grace your kindness to us thank you for these wonderful people that love your name thank you for the word of God that you have given us thank you for our morning service thank you for our speaker thank you for all of our classes in session in the name of Jesus we pray